Floating comma S. Uh, that didn't make any fucking sense. But what's up? What's up? Um, what a fucking intro. I mean, that was a couple seconds, but honestly, pretty, pretty fucking fantastic. <laughs> this uh, this is a new episode. Like every episode I do, it's a new episode. This is with the fabulous Eric. Eric? This is with Eric. This is the new Fabulous episode with Eric. This is the new episode with Eris Garcia. Um, one of my, one of my closest friends. I mean, most of the people I have on here right now are pretty close. I'm pretty close with. Um, and again, you know, me and Eris known each other for a while. Can't remember the first time me and her met, actually. I'm trying to think. Um, me and her have had this conversation before, and... We, I don't think we ever came to the conclusion of when the first time we met. But we've known each other for a while. I mean, we haven't gone through a lot of shit, you know. But I feel like we've always been there for each other, which is good. This episode is mostly about, honestly, movies and writing, you know, being imaginative. Everyone's imaginative, but in the sense of kind of writing. And, uh, it's, it's pretty good. You know, it's, it's it's for anybody who kind of has trouble writing or loves to write, but can't really see the other side of it. So, you know, if you connect with this episode, then you should. (laughs) So, here you go. Here you go, fuckers. Hey. Hello. Weird, huh? Yeah, this is so <laughs> I know it's it's strange. I got I think I, I got to find like a new recording software. It's weird. It's like inviting someone to something. It's yeah, it's strange, but yeah. it's fun. Yeah, but I mean if it works it works. So Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um so I mean, we were just talking, but how mm-hmm. you doing? I'm I'm doing all right, you know, just just school and everything's just so different you know like with online school and it's like everyone's getting used to it and that's weird that like this is what's the new norm i guess this is the new normal yeah 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 it is it is strange it's kind of what are your kind of like i don't know views on it like because i feel like everybody's kind of got the same idea towards this whole shit but Mm -hmm. i don't know what do you what do you think about it i mean like Last semester when we went online, I was like kind of into it. Like it was second yeah, semester, yeah. it was a lot easier. But now it's like it's just weird. And like the benefits for me, it's like obviously it's like you know some of the academics are easier. It's easier to like finesse being online, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but like it's just 
it's just so hard to stay focused and I feel like I'm never not staring at a screen and I just never detach myself so that really sucks so that's what like that's what makes me like miss learning in person you know because it also going into school kind of gives you something to do like yeah sure you're you're bored at school and whatever but being at home you're kind of like you you do have a tv in front of you Mm -hmm. you do have this and that you know it's kind of it's yeah it's definitely kind of annoying yeah it's just like i I don't have a schedule anymore which i didn't realize how much i enjoyed exactly like my even my sleep schedule even because sometimes i do have to get up because i work now and stuff and i Mm -hmm. sometimes i have like morning shifts and whatever yeah and for school i will start after getting up early you know i start to get up yeah early again but it's like the sleeps i feel like everybody's sleep schedule even if they do go to bed at some you know like 10 or 11 or whatever Mm -hmm. you know it's still kind of fucked no yeah definitely because, like, I remember I always, because I, even even when I went to school, like, if, if I had an alarm, I usually always woke up before the alarm because I feel my brain kind of knew it had to, I had to wake up around that time. Yeah. And now it's just kind of like waking up through an alarm. I'm like, oh, fuck this. No, yeah, it's literally the worst. And I literally give myself, like, all of three minutes before my class, which is, like, <laughs> probably not good, like, for me, you know, like, for my learning you know but like i can't like i can't do it like i can't it's so difficult because yeah like going into school you are prepared you're kind of like all right going into class now but you're awake you're yeah you, know... you had to get there you had to get there somehow yeah exactly exactly yeah um yeah yeah so okay so my i have i only prepare one question okay <laughs> and the one question is where were you born and what's your life been like getting up till now? Like, where have you been? Like, where have you lived and stuff? Okay. And okay. So much. Um, well, um, I was born in Jefferson City, Missouri. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, seriously? In Missouri? Yeah, I'm dead serious. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah, I was born in Missouri because my dad um, was playing football out there. Like, he was in college. So, huh. yeah, so he's playing football out there and then... So did your parents meet out in Missouri? No, my parents met, my parents met out here. My parents, like, played, like, rec sports together when they were younger. Like, they've known each other for a really long time. What yeah. did your mom play? Um, well, they, they played, I think they played basketball together, like, co-ed, like, little... Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Yeah, and then they just, like, went to, like, never went to school together, but, like, high school's, like were like close together had mutuals mm. you know all that stuff and like yeah so then they went to missouri like once they were like really together my mom had graduated college early and my dad was mm. still in college for fo- football so they were in missouri i was born i lived in missouri for like about the first two years of my life right and then moved out to california and for the first year of living in california we lived with my grandparents on my dad's side who lived in like Rancho Cucamonga which is like about like an hour or two hours yeah yeah, yeah yeah just like just like boring suburban area Kinda, yeah just like the chill kind yeah, of yeah yeah and then land. yeah so don't really like remember much of that because that was just like nothing really special was happening and then after that year we moved to West Hollywood and mm. I lived in West Hollywood up until this past December, which I moved to like like the Hollywood Hills, like right near Universal. And then yeah, I've just been there ever since. And that's just where I've been, what I've been doing. I've been here ever since. And I've gone to school all over from like West Hollywood to like the Valley. And now I'm 
go to high school in like East LA. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's my sitch. That's my <laughs> story. <laughs> that's not that's I never I've never been to Missouri, but that's. Yeah, I want to go back. I really want to go back because, like, I haven't been since I was there. And not that, like, I'm going to go back and, like, be amazed with, like, the rich culture. But, Mm. like, you know, I'd like to just, like, go back and see it, you know? Yeah, would you, would you want to, would you, like, what about going to college in Missouri? Would you want to do that? No, God, God, no. No? Missouri's, like, it's, like, hick town. It's, like, it's, like, no. I would not want to go to college in Missouri. You'd you'd want to go back to kind of just... Just to see, you know, like I haven't been there since I was like born. So just yeah, to, like, so to kind of see the environment kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like experience it now being older and obviously having like perspective and opinions mm. and all that. Yeah, definitely. That's that's awesome though. Well, so did your dad ever pursue football or you kind of stopped after college? Well, I mean, he that was like his thing, you know, like it was it was basically like he was like really like athletic. So like it. So it, was, it came naturally to him. So he was like really good and like got scholarships to college. And it just seemed like that was the path that he should be taking, you right. know. And but then so he was going to go like he was like considering going pro when he had that he like had that option if he had decided to put the work to it, mm-hmm. you know. But then he just like like injuries and all that stuff that you take into account and like that on top of like realizing that that's not really what he wanted to do that's just what he had been doing because it like made sense and he was good at it and you Mm -hmm. know so yeah so then like after actually after Missouri and after I was born he was like okay no like never I don't want to pursue this and then we moved to California and took a he quit football on a completely different route what did he do what does he do now now he since then, I mean, he's had his own, he has his own company, so he does like video production for like oh. a lot like different clients and stuff. So he does like video advertising advertisement and stuff. Huh. That's yeah. Cool. So not anything like football at all. Not anything near football. Yeah, but it's crazy to think that like he spent so much of like so much. He spent all of his high school career, like college and shit. Yeah. Yeah, just and doing all of college doing that, and that's not even what you know he's doing now. Yeah. It's really interesting because, like, I because my career path is I have no, I have absolutely no idea what I want to be, but I have ideas of what kind of I want to become. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I have, I mean, my passion is music, right. definitely, and doing that something in that. But that's very, you know, it's a very broad spectrum of artists and yeah. kind of what what would I be if I was to be an, <laughs> a, a musician. But then I'm also really interested in architecture, so there's that too. And I really think I really want to, because I want I want something to fall back on if I ever did pursue music. Right, definitely. Because um, like both my parents, all my family really are, are they're all actors. Oh and, really? I did yeah, not know all, that. Yeah, they're every my uncle, my mom, my um oh no my aunt, but my uncle, my mom, my dad, my stepdad, um like other people in my family, my whole just I'm surrounded by actors and mm-hmm. theater people, you know. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, on both my parents, my dad left high school early. They, both my parents didn't go to college, but they both pursued acting at a really young age because they were in it really, really early. Like, my dad was in Fargo when he was 15. Wait, stuff. what? They, yeah, my dad's in Fargo. Who? I love that movie. He's he's the kid. He's, um... He's, that's uh, I, I, I that's your dad? That's my dad, yeah. I had no With the braces. <laughs> yeah, that was my what? dad. 
That's crazy. I did not even know that. <laughs> yeah, a little uh, what's his name in it? Or Johnny or something? Or yeah, like yeah, yeah. Something weird. But yeah, that's my dad. So my dad was a kid actor, and his, my grandma, my dad's mom, kind of put didn't force my dad into acting, but put him in it early. You know, kind of right, right, right. Because my. And I don't want to. I don't want to be wrong here, or, you know. But like, mm-hmm. both me and my dad kind of agree that my grandma liked the mother fame, you know, mm, or being yeah. the mother of a famous kid. Definitely. And this, I, there's this one news article. This is one newspaper of a like local town Minnesota boy in big uh, Coen Brothers movie and stuff, and it's like, and it's his face. It's his face on the front of the newspaper with my grandma in the background, just like smiling at him, you know. Yeah. And so and so she was the kind of mom. She loved him. She adored him, you know. She still does whatever, but she was the kind of mom that put him into that stuff to see him grow and do that, but also to kind of be like like yeah, I'm his mom, you know. Yeah. No, and, yeah, I get that. The whole like and so, stage mom. Yeah. Mhm, exactly. And so my mom and so my dad and stuff, he did that as a teenager and kind of a young adult. He was in a lot of kind of college movies kind of like you know the late 90s kind of yeah. 2000 movies you know like yeah yeah that kind of stuff and uh and he was getting good stuff and he was like like because my dad's really close with chris evans captain america right? no you're lying stop no no i've met him a couple of times and like they're really close buddies and everything but chris <laughs> evans used to come to my dad for acting advice what i love him yeah and it's really interesting because my you know my dad was he was to become something, you know, like he still could be. He's still my dad is very talented. Mm-hmm. Not so much in acting, just in so much kind of writing now. He's a big writer. Um and but my dad was gonna become something, but then he had me and kind of his life changed and yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But like Chris Evans used to come to my dad for acting advice. My dad was on a roll in California and so that's why he left early uh, school early and stuff. And he kind of just because he had that. But he never yeah. has anything to fall back on. So then, when his acting career kind of stopped, mm-hmm. it was difficult for him. Yeah. Because and same with my mom. You know, my mom's acting career has never really stopped. But it's there's been a lot of parts for my mom where she hasn't had acting jobs. She's kind of been living on the skin of her teeth. You know. Right. Yeah. Um, with my stepdad because they're both big theater actors and such. Yeah, that's hard. But yeah, so they never really had anything to fall back on. So. I, I've had I have had that I have that experience of seeing that and kind of being like okay I know how difficult it is to be a musician and I know that you know like a football player you have to be kind of a superhuman mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have to be just different from everybody else yeah and yeah even though we are all to be different from everybody else as even though everybody is already different from everybody is pretty difficult so. Yeah. I want to go into like architecture and stuff in college to kind of have something to fall back on because I'm also luckily really interested in design and art and something and like maybe honestly I could I could that could take a completely different turn in my adulthood. Yeah. And I could be doing fucking who knows what, but I kind of have a plan. Yeah, I mean the whole like thing you're saying about like being different, a big part of it is like obviously talent helps and obviously mm. like being naturally like gifted at music or whatever it is you want to do helps and but like a lot of it is like the whole being different thing is like well the way you separate yourself is by putting in the work you know mm-hmm. and that's and that's a lot of people like forget that 
And sometimes I think like I stress too much like about that. And that's also kind of like, I guess part of like how I was raised and like the mentality or whatever, but it's like, you know, like we're in our junior year now and junior year is the most important academic year for college. And I mm. have been discussing junior year with my mom since middle school and how important it's <laughs> going to be because okay. I've known where I wanted to go to college and what I've wanted to do since literally I can remember. And it's changed a little, but like not drastically. And like, so it's just crazy that I'm like here now. And now I feel like, I just feel like this is so big in this year and this time. And it's like, I don't know. And sometimes I feel like, like I'm one of the only not no I'm just like I'm I feel sometimes I just feel like I'm stressing myself maybe too much is what I'm saying but it's Which, like it's also just so important to like put in that work you know mm-hmm. yeah I, I I have the same feeling in the sense that what we've created as the academic stance for us and kids is that you know we all as little kids in elementary school, we never think about our future and school and whatever. We kind of just having a fun time, you know, with elementary school and whatever. And same with middle school. Yeah. But then we get to high school. We stress so much about kind of the potential that we can have, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah. there's so many options for us to look upon in the future as an adult. There's so many things for us to do that it that it kind of becomes this overwhelming sense of holy shit. Hold mm-hmm. on. What am I gonna do? You yeah. Know, like I'm like, I could do this, but I'm also interested in this, but I don't know what to do if I'm interested in this. Mm-hmm. And it gets this kind of overwhelming loop of just, wow, you know, okay, this is kind of getting real now. And for us at our age, you know, class of 2020, junior year, it's really interesting because, you know, now we're going into our most most important academic year mm-hmm. online. Yeah, exactly. And same with the Lowe's kids. Every 2020 year kid, you know, is... I mean, 2022 um, graduate is mm-hmm. going into their junior year online, whatever. And same with seniors, you know, I feel bad for seniors because now they're going into their senior year yeah. online, which is their, you know, everybody's, everybody looks forward to their senior year. No, yeah, definitely. That's Especially graduating and stuff. And I feel bad if the senior year, seniors this year have to graduate. But, you know, it's, I always think that, I always think that everything happens for a reason, you know, and, and because this is happening, you know, I think luckily we will come out the other end kind of a lot more observant and a lot more aware of what we should actually be doing. Right. And I think that a lot of kids will kind of finally understand, hopefully that, that it's like, we're, we as a culture have, you know, taken in education so much because yes, we do need education, but like, I think a lot of people are kind of starting to realize like, okay, we're doing online class, you know, we're doing all this online stuff now, but I, you know, I want to, I, I had a point and then I kind of lost <laughs> it. Um, but I, I think we, we do stress a lot, a lot too much, but because I think because now, whereas we're going into online school, I think kids can kind of see like, oh, okay, this is actually a little easier mm-hmm. than I expected. Yeah, and people can, I mean, there's a lot more free time. So, like, it's, like, it's a good opportunity. At least, like, I mean, in the sense that being online, like, gets sort of, like, commutes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, you can utilize that time. And if you use it wisely and, like, you know, like, figure shit out, like, a lot, a lot good could come from this, obviously. 
Exactly. And I think also because in school, you know, you can slack off so easily in school. And, you know, because also the thing is, it's kind of fun to slack off in school because you know you're not supposed to. <laughs> Whereas at home, as a, at home, you can't really slack off. You can, yeah, you can definitely watch TV when you're in class and not do your work and stuff. Yeah. But it's kind of boring because you're kind of like, well, nobody's going to tell me off. Nobody's telling <laughs> me off, you know? Like, sure, you can do bad shit and your teacher can see you on your, you know, Zoom call or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's different. It's different. And I think kids are realizing, I mean, I've realized definitely, I don't, I'm, don't want to speak for every kid, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think me and other people I've talked to have realized, like, okay, I definitely have slacked off a lot in school, but now being at home and doing this online, it's easier because I can actually not so much focus more on my class, but kind of take in my home vibe that I like to come back to after school and incorporate it with my school, actually. Interesting. That's so interesting because I feel like, I mean, obviously, like, there's a whole, like, in classes that, like, I know I, like, can am willing to, like, like, it's not going to be that big of a deal if I miss the lecture. Like, yeah, during school, I'd, like, slack off and kind of, like, doze off and, you know. But, mm. like, I find myself, like, during school. I mean, it, it honestly, it's so, it really depends because, like. Yeah, it really does. It really depends. Like, I find myself, like, sometimes really being able to, like, like if I'm energized and I could, like sit at my desk and get myself out of bed like yeah then I can be like attentive but also like kind of just like chill where it's like doesn't feel as stressful to like because I'm online but then there's other times where it's like you know like I just am so tired and like I can barely open my eyes and the whole being able to like I mean not everyone's able to but like in certain classes that you're able to turn your camera off it's like that is some risky shit because once my camera's off it's like I'm it's not tough attention. to kind of stay focused. Yeah, yeah I'm, it's not like I'm paying attention anymore because no one's even going to, like, call me out for, like, oh, laying down or slouching. But this, I'm just, this year's different because I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to take, you know, this year super serious and, like, just get shit done. Because last semester, I, like, I had multiple classes that I would literally just, like, hop on the Zoom, mic off, camera off, and, like, fall asleep. And watch TV or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, yeah. and I... I think, like I was saying, it's just because you can't, you can go to sleep or you can do whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. but for some kids that don't, that like, you know, they, it's the kind of not doing their work and they're not doing this and not getting told off that they like, but kind of just the disobedience that they're used to, you know, Mm -hmm. in school. They kind of will do that if, if they do that during at home and stuff. They they can just do it with so much ease. They're kind of like, oh, shit. This is just kind of like, like, they start to actually focus more in school because they don't have anything, anything else to do. Yeah. The thing that's hard, though, is a lot of kids have actually, like, because they're not supposed to be present and, like, physically there. Like, a lot of kids just, like, aren't, like, not caring and especially, like, LAUSD it's like you know they I mean they they finally like gave kids like every single student access to technology which is obviously good but like I mean they really needed to make changes and I don't I don't go to an LAUSD school so I don't know exactly like how that's going but like as of last semester or like yeah as of last semester the end of last school year a lot of kids were not even tuning into classes at all and like Mm -hmm. not getting any education I think 
that's part of the reason why there's so much stress to try to open up, to try to reopen schools as soon as possible, because there are a decent amount of kids that like cannot, will not like learn online. Like they just will, they just, you know, like don't care enough because they don't have to physically be there. And like, that's obviously an issue. Like that's these kids education, which is important. But so it's interesting to see like, how it really is affecting everyone because obviously some are benefiting from it while others like practically getting no education mm -hmm. that's why i like talking to so many people because i like to see everybody's point of view because a lot of people will be the same a lot of people will mm -hmm. kind of borderline <laughs> talk about the same stuff and, but other people will just have a completely different view on mm -hmm. it and it's really interesting you know no just, yeah yeah um definitely. But I also kind of wanted to go back to the topic of like when we were talking about what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I, wanted, I wanted to ask. So you said that you kind of had an idea your whole life since middle school what you want to do when you're older. Uh -huh. And what is that? <laughs> well, when I was younger, I mean, I always knew I wanted to be in like the film industry. So when I was younger, I used to do like child acting. Like I had an agent and like. Really? Yeah, I would do, like, commercials. Like, I did, like... So, yeah, so did I, actually. Yeah, I because did. my parents put me in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had an agent. I did, like, Disney commercials and Target commercials. And, like, <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. A bunch of stuff like that. So then, at that time... Those. Yeah, and at that time, you know, young me was... I was like, oh, I'm going to be an actress. Like, that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And then... But I always knew I also... I wanted to make movies for that at time. But at that time, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to be an actress. And then as I got older, I was like... I don't want to act. I want to solely work behind the camera. So I just want to like, I mean, I go to film school, so it's like a surprise. Like I want to make movies, <laughs> but yeah. like, yeah, I want to like write and direct predominantly. And just like, and we're living in such like a new age of media and making movies and becoming a famous, became, becoming a popular director is not what it used to be to say the least. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that the industry the industry changes like every year, but the industry now has drastically changed mm -hmm. so much from even 20 years ago, you know. No, yeah. And especially Crazy. right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. But so that's really interesting. I actually want to talk about this. So I so me and my so I share a lot of qualities from my dad. And so uh -huh. both my parents, I got really lucky with the kind of enthusiastic and art kind of gene. From mm -hmm. both my parents, you know, mm -hmm. um, and just the create. I have a very large creative side because both my parents are huge creative people, you know. Right. Um, and uh, I have sort of an intellectual side from my dad, and I have this sort of open, kind of uh, open to new things side from my mom. You know, I'm not saying my dad isn't open to new things, but my yeah, mom yeah, is a yeah. very my mom is a very kind of like she will do anything. She's had like every single hairstyle in the world. She's been a, she's been all over the world. You know, she's got a very uh -huh. she's got a very wide kind of um, look on everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and so my my dad is has always been a writer. He's written a lot of stuff, and he's really the stuff he writes is really interesting. Me and him both collab on a lot of different ideas. And, Oh, that's cool. Everything. And recently, my mom never knew she was a writer, kind of, until now, because she just started writing a TV show during quarantine about mm -hmm. her agent. Like, her agent kind of came to her with this story, about her life story, her agent's life story. And my mom, and she, her agent was like, I cannot write for shit, uh, but I really want to get my story out there. 
And my mom was like, yeah, I can give it a try. And my mom turns out to be an incredible writer. Like, just, just for the first time writing ever a TV show script, it sounds so professional and it's so funny and it's so good. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, it's, and it's, yeah. And I've recently, I mean, I've kind of taken up the writing bit, you know, the writing mm-hmm. thing my whole life. But, you know, I've never become super indulged in it until now obviously especially as a teenager you know you want to try everything you want to do all this and you want to kind of pursue every idea that comes into your head um but what i wanted to ask what kind of so do you write yeah i do i mean like i write both like because i go to film school like we take like screenwriting classes like twice a week Mm -hmm. so like that and i i mean i write a lot like from both like like regular just like I mean regular that's I don't like that word but like just like classic scripts to just like writing like like I'm not gonna say just writing just yeah just like I guess I'll say journaling but just like, putting put, putting words onto your paper you yeah know? exactly just which is the beauty of it because you can do that but then you know you, it's like art you know like you yeah put yeah anything on anything yeah exactly um, and yeah so yeah I, I write but the thing is like I, you know, when I was younger, writing used to just be like, yeah, I'm just writing. I'm going to, like, write a story. Or I'm going to say what I'm thinking. But now, like, and I think part of it is because, like, I know that's part of, like, what I want to do for my career, that I'm so critical about myself whenever I write. And so, like, in the beginning of quarantine, when I was like, this is maybe a really good opportunity for me to just write. Like, I had such bad writer's block and I had no creativity whatsoever and I know like Mm. you know quarantine affected everyone differently but for me it was like I was so down and like no motivation no creativity and like and it doesn't help that I'm really critical about myself with my writing so like in a way I'm kind of glad that I'm back in school because like just like I have classes that are like guiding me and then from there it gives you that push yeah exactly so but yeah so I, I mean I really enjoy writing it's just I wish I wasn't as critical with myself about it because like that stops me from like from doing it you know it it stops me from just like just saying like fuck it and just like writing all the time because I'm constantly overthinking that I'm probably thinking more about what I'm gonna write than actually writing it the thing is though that's what great writers you know that's like yeah that's the thing that most people don't have because a lot of people will write without a filter Mm -hmm. of like with like okay is this like this, like they'll, everybody will have when they write, you know, everybody will kind of think like, okay, is this good? Or I need to change this a little bit, whatever. I am the exact same to you, you know. I The thing about me is that like, so how I write is I, I have to incorporate, like, I write, whenever I write a story or a script or whatever, I always base it off my music. Oh, okay. Um, so I always have to, so whenever, I always have the music first in my head. I always know exactly what songs are going to be played throughout the whole movie or whatever, or whatever I'm writing. Um... Because I never, write, I never wrote, I never write like a, like a, a novel or a book. You know, it's always kind of script because I like to, I like to picture it in my head, um, especially with music. And so mm-hmm. I always, I always base it off music and stuff. Like I'm writing a script right now that's only, it was first only gonna be a uh, uh, Jack Johnson on and on album. It was only gonna have songs from that album, mm-hmm. um, but now I've kind of changed it. It's, it's different kind of thing. But yeah, I am super critical and I have to literally, I, I, 
and my dad hates it. He's kind of like, he's like, Buster, you got to think of the whole story first instead of just the first 10. And, you know, I'm like, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but dad, I write differently to you. Like, I've taken <laughs> a lot of what he's told me into, like, and just thought, and I've definitely changed kind of the way I write because there is, there are some things I need to, you know, work on. And I've got a whole, my whole life to kind of work on it, you know. Right. But it, I, I do every detail. Like, I write, like, I write, I have to. I have to write like the color of the car seats if someone gets in the car and if there's a if there's uh-huh. like a, there's a cut or something on you know like I have to write everything instead of just writing the the, the, the whole story or the broad picture of it first mm-hmm. I, I just write I write everything that comes into my mind and I remember giving my dad like the first 10 pages of the new script I'm writing and I, thought, I was like I was like okay I went over a couple times so I was like okay 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 and my dad like he edits it and stuff and he, he like uses red to kind of press things out he crosses every single thing out he crosses all of it out and he's like he's like buster look i love the idea and i love this but you just it's just you gotta you can definitely keep all of this if you need you know if you need that to write but for like if you want to kind of not do professionally but just to you know to kind of get the idea of a professional script Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is what you need to do and stuff and i'm so critical like you said on myself in Uh that i wanted to be in so in depth that right. I, kind of get lo- I get lost I get lost in one detail instead of the whole story <laughs> and when you say like you're like obsessed with detail but you're writing you said you're writing a script right mm-hmm. so like I'm trying to even picture like you're including all of these details in the script and like in like the like action like the description like- yeah in the action like my action bits are so long like it can <laughs> oh be like a page or something long you're <laughs> I know it's, I shouldn't sit, instead of be writing chips, I should be writing a novel. I should be yeah, writing a book. Yeah, I was about to say, you like, seem like you should be writing a novel. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, I mean, I have, I have, I can, I can make all my, you know, I can make all my ideas into a story, I guess. But it's just, I always think about me, because the thing is, I'm so involved in music that I love to kind of picture what the scene would be to the song, you know? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. When, if a, if a scene has a good like if a scene is incorporating with a good song and it mixes so well it makes me want to cry just for some reason it makes it, <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it, it gives me such happiness mm-hmm. and uh, it just that's like that's what makes me kind of like whenever i watch something if a scene is incorporated with a good song then it it makes me happy but and that's mm-hmm. why that's why that's kind of the reason i think but i don't know yeah i honestly should probably go towards more of a kind of book Thing, maybe yeah maybe just try it out see how see yes how, <laughs> the see thing is though works. i just i've never been good at writing like because i never journal or anything all i do if i'm writing is i write the script or i write like my songs that i you know do yeah and i guess i guess i i have loads of like notebooks that i've kind of filled to the brim of like stuck in pages and stuff of just mm-hmm. lyrics and all, odd things and whatever and i guess i don't know maybe i should just kind of fo- maybe i should kind of turn my attention towards a book or whatever i guess i don't know yeah i mean you might surprise yourself yeah maybe actually maybe yeah you never know unless you try yeah that's true actually yeah maybe i should i mean if you're if your action and your descriptions in your scripts are pages long like i think maybe you might just surprise yourself in in being able to turn that into like a novel (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) because like at this point like you're not it seems like it seems like you're pretty much writing a novel you know <laughs> because like it's very yeah, different like, i'll write like 20 pages and in those 20 pages there'll only be like 
five bits of dialogue. Yeah, Buster. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez, yeah, yeah, maybe you should give that. Maybe yeah, give give a like novel writing a try and get back yeah. to me and tell me how that works because I feel like it might work well for you. <laughs> yeah, I probably shared them. But, uh, but yeah, so I, so I also wanted to ask, I, I kind of want to say, I want, I'm interested in what kind of, so when you write, if you're writing a script or an idea or something, what kind of, I'm not, I don't want to say genre, but like, what are like your ideas, you know? Uh-huh, like kind of like, okay, well, I think one of the things that especially as of recent is like all my favorite, and I feel like all of the like, great writers and directors have their own like niche you know it's mm-hmm. like like quentin tarantino and his toes or whatever <laughs> yeah whatever it may be like, you know everyone has like their thing and i like have been really stressing that for myself and like wanting to really just like create my thing and whether that's like like compiling like photos on like a pinterest board that like oh like these are how i want my films to look then like I do a lot of that and I try to like also you know like do that with my writing so in the sense where it's like my favorite genre of films to watch is horror and Mm. that will literally like go from like you know like Halloween like 80s horror movies that are just like slasher films to like Jordan Peele who's like my one of my favorite directors you know his like mm-hmm. you know like those intellectual horror stuff you know what that I'm are that, like did you have you seen Danny Darko with Jake Gyllenhaal Danny Darko is literally Danny one Darko. of my favorite movies like ever I watched that because me because my dad is one of the biggest movie buffs I ever like like he just his his knowledge for movies mm-hmm. is by far I don't think any, I mean, obviously people do, but I've never met anybody, even Bo, like Bo has a big <laughs> knowledge for movies, but like, and Bo's, Bo's movie knowledge is really impressive for how young he is, you know, and yeah. it's really cool. But my dad is insane. And luckily he's given me that kind of, he's over the years in movies, you know, he's mm-hmm. given me very, uh, just various movies to kind of watch and such. So I don't have, I'm not a big movie buff, but I'm, I'm well educated on kind of directors and movies and writers and everything it's really interesting but yeah horror horror movies like donnie darko is a very very good movie i love that movie and i just i also yeah that's i i watched that the other night Mm -hmm. but also i watched another movie what's it called i think it was called like um three monkeys or something with bruce willis Mm -hmm. (laughs) um is that is that what it's called three monkeys i feel like i don't i'm personally not a big um (laughs) Bruce Willis fan? No, neither am I. He's on. He's super strange because he's in this weird dim- another dimension in his head. He's just like, he's just he's one of the weirdest pe- person in the world. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm not a huge Bruce Willis fan either. But the, the that movie Three Monkeys, I think I don't know if I'm right, but I don't I don't I don't know I I don't know. But continue. We'll, you should we'll watch that because it's kind of it's not so much a horror. It's more of a thriller kind of. Uh, it's so it's about, You're about 12 monkeys oh 12 monkeys yeah 12 uh-huh. monkeys. it's like a sci-fi film yeah sci-fi kind of third yeah, 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 I, yeah. I knew it had monkeys in the name yeah yeah you were close yeah but yeah that i watched recently too and that was that was really interesting because when if people kind of take the intellectual side of themselves and their writing you know into kind of horror or something that you know um 
makes you scared or kind of makes you, you know, on the edge of your seat. And that is, those are the most interesting movies because, yeah, comedies are good and comedies are heartfelt and funny and, you know, make you feel good. Mm -hmm. But the intellectual horrors and just kind of in-depth horrors. Yeah. Like, I like horror movies, but I don't like, I don't like horror movies that are actually really scary. (laughs) Uh I'm not, I'm not big on just getting scared. I'll actually just rather watch a comedy or an easy film. But... Uh Comedy, like like Donnie Darko is really good because it kind of goes in depth. You can kind of see the writer's mind in the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like movies like that are like my favorite. And I like, I love movies that like have a message, but the message isn't just like right there in your face or like talk about important things. And that's like Donnie Darko and like The Shining and like Jordan, both of Jordan Peele's like horror movies, like those are all the movies that like when you're done like you're just like you can go back and think about that movie and uncover think about all of those movies and uncover so much and be like holy shit this movie was actually about like i mean like get out is just like a pretty like prime example like that whole movie's about like racism but it's not like anyone's like you know like it's not like it's like being shoved down your throat so it's also a lot like more appealing to audiences which i think is really important and like so i think like to be able to like make a movie that like people will leave and like think about and then like continue to like think about because there's so many layers and like but it's also like so entertaining where it's like it's not like like in the moment like they're enjoying the movie because this is a good movie but then when they're done they're like holy shit like that was crazy like that really made me think you know Mm -hmm. like even something I, i know it's pretty broad but like like i think you know obviously i think film is one of the best mediums to like tell an important message you know and like especially in this day and age that we live in where people you know like who like people would most people are gonna watch a movie then read a bunch of news articles you know so to be able able to like convey really important messages that you know like whatever it is you may feel or what you may think to be able to like convey that via film and to do it in a way that's like intriguing enough where people don't even realize that you're like trying to teach them a lesson I think is like that's like that's what it is you know and that's also I think part of like why I'm really critical in my writings because I I I don't like obviously like sometimes you I'll have an idea and it's just a pretty like simple idea like you know like right now in one of my film classes we're like drafting horror movie ideas because like it's it's just what we're doing it's one of like our lessons or whatever and I like you know my idea is pretty like simple and it's not I mean simple it's not like something like super crazy and intense but then I always find myself like going back and being like well like I like you know it just and it goes back to everything being different like you know I just no one wants to and I don't want to write anything that's already been told and that's the hardest thing is because every story has been told it's just about how you can Yes, exactly. And I, I've talked about that in earlier podcasts or early episodes. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I completely agree and everything. And I wanted to say, so when you were saying earlier about how you wanted like a thing, you know? Yeah, like a niche. Yeah, a niche. That that already that you want your own kind of thing that you wanted, you know, Pinterest thing or how you want something to look, whatever. That's all. That is already your niche, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> like like don't like the thing is i i had the i had the exact same kind of feeling and i my niche isn't i don't have the niche of kind of the music and the details and stuff i like i was so stuck up on kind of like 
what is going to be my thing or what is going to be this or that and everything. And I kind of realized it was like, well, my life already and how I portray things is already my niche. I just have to put that in. Yeah, my yeah. Ideas, <laughs> yeah, that's know? actually a really good, that's a really good way of thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, because don't like, and obviously, you know, do, do how, you know, work how you, work how you work. And, but use how, use how much you are so kind of um, stuck up on like, so how critically you are use that to your advantage in the mm-hmm. sense that your niche that you being so critical is already your niche you know you don't want to make anything you don't want to make anything bad so that the thing is if it's good to your standards that means it's probably amazing to anybody else's standards you know right 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 so take that to your advantage and that's what i've kind of learned from my dad in the sense that my dad's kind of like look buster you write however you want to write i'm not telling you how to write but you, you, how you write in detail and everything, how you write in all this stuff. Mm-hmm. People, people, people love anything that's even just everybody. There's so the, the biggest thing to watch and listen to or read, or whatever, is things that are easy, you know? Yeah, and stuff. And so how how I write and how I portray my stuff it's, isn't so much easy to read or listen to or whatever, but that's just kind of what I do. So I've kind of taken that to my advantage of kind of spacing out my details now and spacing out kind of my ideas so I can actually make something longer instead of making a whole three page thing about this one little tiny little detail I can space it out now for 20 pages you know right yeah and I figured it out because I've been so critical about my work and kind of like okay this does this sound good do I think this sounds good because I I, I I have a feeling, especially like a lot of kids, like, you know, me and you and other mm-hmm. people, we know mm-hmm. a lot of people in the Valley have that kind of, we know what kind of looks good, the fashion sense. We kind of know what sounds good, <laughs> and what, you know, Yeah. and uh-huh. we have that understanding, like a lot of other people. And to be so critical is you got to take that to your advantage and kind of like, yeah. okay, that is, that's just, that's me, you know? Right. That is what I, that is what I am. And I, there's, um, I was, I was listening to something that Martin Scorsese said, you know, he was, mm-hmm. he was saying like, if you want to, if you want to make the next biggest, it's like, uh, cause it's, have you heard of masterclass? Yes. Yeah. So I was, I was listening to, I was just seeing like what he was saying on this, on his, on his masterclass episode or whatever. Right. And he said like, if you want to write, if you want to write the next biggest movie, you know, then this class isn't for you. This class isn't yeah, for you. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that part. But if you, but yeah, but if you just, if you just want to write and you just want to get that idea down, if you just want to take, spend 30 hours just writing one thing, then mm-hmm. this, then what I'm about to, what I'm going to tell you is for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it isn't, because what you have is a gift, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, some, some people will just write, and write write their whole story down and then unfortunately and unfortunately they think like oh this is amazing and stuff but it won't it won't go anywhere because they've kind of just written it you know they've written it and in the eyes of the audience instead of the eyes of themselves right yeah and to write in the eyes of the audience is good but you got to write in the eyes of yourselves to kind of to kind of think to yourself like okay i enjoy this i think this is good now i have to change up a little bit to kind of broaden broaden it so other people will think it's good too and there's always going to be thousands of people that think what you wrote that what you thought was amazing is going to be good too but if you want to have a bigger audience then unfortunately we all you know have to write the kind of 
cliche bits of like what this is already have this has already been written before you know this is already done this we've already done this and whatever um but right. you just gotta kind of i don't know i've just learned from my dad that the things that you are uncomfortable with about yourself or how you do things you gotta take it to your advantage and that and that the fact is that that is what it what you are you know mm-hmm. yeah like that is I don't no, know, yeah, no, no, I, yeah, I totally, like, totally get what you're saying, and, like, yeah, and you're right, and it's just, like, it is really important, I mean, because that's, and what you were saying about, like, you know, appealing to, like, the masses, and eventually you have to do, like, you have to do certain things that, like, are what everyone wants, and I think, like, that's why it's just so important to, like, find a middle, you know, like, find mm-hmm. a good middle ground, because you have people that, you could just tell like I see shows and I'm like this is just awful like it's so cheesy it's obvious that like you know like it's just it's just I just they're awful and it's like you're really people are just really trying to appeal to what everyone wants and that's really important because that's important in the sense of success because if you're Mm -hmm. just writing to write for yourself then go ahead and do it that's great but if you're writing to like make a career off of it like you have to obviously pick up on trends and especially nowadays and like what people want to see mm-hmm. but so that's why it's like but amongst it's so all difficult. that yeah yeah and like amongst all that you just have to make sure i mean you just at least i want to try to make sure that i don't lose myself and that's like why like having a niche is so important because if i can mm-hmm. like make things that have my niche and this film is still me even if then it's easier exactly and like even when you know, someone's like, hey, I want you to make this movie. I want you to direct this movie for us. And it's not even like, it's not a script that maybe I'm like, super, you know, like, that's not super like, me, you know, it's not something I would have written. But like, if you could put your niche on things like, that's just like an example. But like, I just think that's why I stress that so much for myself, because I still want there to be me throw everything I do, you know, of course, of course. But but also, you made me think, like, that's why loads of TV shows, like, loads of amazing TV shows the first season usually kind of, not bomb, but kind of go downhill or start to go neutral after a couple more seasons. Because when someone's, when they start a TV show, you know, they start mm-hmm. it for themselves and they start it kind of because they are writing it and they're, you know, this their idea. Whereas then as it kind of progresses, it gets to the point of what the people want to watch. You yeah. Know? Exactly. gets to the point of kind of what the people want to want to watch and listen to or read or this and that usually it's tv shows but um and like you know with like the office you know or even friends or even big other big other big tv shows mm. if you watch like the first season first two two to three seasons maxima i say three seasons kind of there is they're usually amazing because it's the kind of the same writer it's the writer that started off and is kind of writing with their niche or with their kind of perspective on it you know their idea you know and then it kind of starts to get in the form of what the people want to watch and then you kind of realize like oh this is not as good anymore yeah yeah exactly and that's like obviously it's like a lot like a lot of people that stress that too much and like stress like trying to figure out you know like well what do the people want to see it's like when you think of like a lot of like really great movies or great shows like they're all something that hadn't been done before so it's like just once you come up with a unique idea and like you're able to you know like just get it 
I'm totally at a loss for the word that I'm looking for. But like once you come up with like, if you have a unique enough idea and like, you know, it's something that people haven't seen before and you can like make that and get it out there. Like, you know, like you have to like a lot of the great shows and great movies are they were new ideas, you know, and people love them because of that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And what's upsetting is that so many people kind of give up because they're like, oh, it's so difficult. And, you know, this idea has probably already been done or then they, you know, they think of something and then they watch something and they're like, oh, shit. My yeah. idea that I just had is in this movie or is in Yeah, this. that's the worst. That's and literally it, but, the worst. But what, what the thing is, then people kind of give up and it's so sad because you got you to gotta just think about it like, like, hey, look, yeah, okay, maybe this idea has been done or this has been done or whatever or kind of blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But if you want to do this, if you want to pursue this, just even as something that, you know, is fun for you, then what the fuck? Just do it, you know? Like, loads of TV shows now, a lot of, like, like fucking amazing old TV shows like South Park and uh, Beavis and Butthead and stuff. Like, Beavis and Butthead is one I literally... I'm obsessed with Beavis and Butthead because it's so funny and it's so fucking simple, you know? Or just, they're amazing, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of going back to what I was saying, like, Everything's been done before. It's just how you can tell it in a different way, you know? Which is the beauty of it, because as a human race, we are we we are here to create. We are here to produce, and we are here to <laughs> make new things, you know? We've evolved so rapidly in the span of how long we've been here compared to other things, you know? Yeah. It's like, everything else takes so slow. We're the only, we're the only thing that has ever lived on Earth to take things... dramatically fast you know just constantly evolving exactly that's the beauty of the human human race you know we are not the perfect thing at all you know of course not nothing nothing on that nothing on earth depending on whatever else is in the universe you know nothing on earth is the perfect thing it's just what it is you know we got to look at it in the fact that you know animals are animals and animals eat other animals and stuff and then this these things do that and you know human race you know humans kill other humans and we have evolved into the sense of now we're very very you know we our mindsets are very focused on kind of kind of picking out other people and making other people feel bad and doing this and doing that and social media has fucked up a lot of stuff for us but then again everything is kind of a blessing you know everything is a blessing in disguise and there's always silver linings to everything that happens Mm mm-hmm and unfortunately, a lot of people don't see it that way. You know, a lot of people kind of see bad things as just bad things. And where I, my philosophy, like I always, I say it's, I think I said, I think I've said this on every single episode I've done, but you know, I always think that everything happens for a reason. Because if it didn't, then it wouldn't have happened, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, everyone has, I, I don't know, that, that one, like, I'll be like, yeah, everything happens for a reason. When it, I'll say that when it's convenient for me, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, so it's like, I I kind of believe that. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yes, slavery, everything happens for a reason. Like, but yeah, of course. But even, <laughs> but even like, but even slavery, you know, we evolved from that to, to, to where we are now in the fact that we are becoming so much more aware now of our wrongdoings and yes we're not we're still a very long way from things being mm-hmm. even 
correct, you know, and right. But like recently, I got I got I got in trouble for smoking some weed and shit, and my dad found out. Recently, and, yeah, like again, Buster. Yeah, again, again, um, <laughs> and you know, and I thought it was just gonna be the same conversation. I thought, you know, I, I lied a bit and stuff, and then I eventually told the truth, and whatever. And I thought it was just gonna be, you know, my dad was like, oh, God damn it, Buster, you know, come on. But then something happened, and we kind of had a long conversation, me and my dad, about how you know. I'm a teenager, you know, all teenagers do this. They all, everybody smokes and how he smoked, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I already knew that he smoked when he was a teenager and shit. And just, but he kind of, he kind of came to the realization that like, I'm at the age now where I'm going to make decisions. I'm going to do shit by myself, you know, and everything that he has, everything that he has put in me, everything, because he can't now, you know, he can, he can still say like, yeah, you're under my roof and these are my rules, but I'm not going to follow all these rules. You yeah. Know? I'm not going to, he, he's not going to, if he says like, look, I know best, I'm going to be like, yeah, but I know this too. So <laughs> fuck off. You know, he came to the realization that, you know, shit is different now. And it, that conversation it changed our relationship in a better way, you know? Yeah. And, Yes, I did. I don't want to get caught, you know, because it's like I get punishment or whatever. But it, like, me getting caught led to me and my dad having this big conversation and led to us becoming even more closer, even more, you know, aware of each other in the, in the sense that we are father and son and it shit changes, you know? No, yeah, I get that completely, like... I, um, wait, when did you leave? Like, uh, when did you leave to Minnesota? Like, two months ago, I think. Uh, um, like, yeah, I'm just gonna say two months. Okay, well, at the beginning of, um, yeah, actually, right when you left, literally right when you left, what am I saying? Literally right when you left, I got grounded, because I got caught, um, I got caught with, like, a wax pen, and then I got grounded, and mm -hmm. I, like, was expecting it to be, like, like, the last time I got in trouble, like, my mom was really mad and, like... Yeah, yeah. But it, like... She was obviously mad, but it was, like... She reacted, like, a lot better than I expected. And she kind of that same idea of, like... You know, she, ha she like, realized, well, like... You know, although, like, you're my daughter and, you know, I don't want you doing these things. She was a little easier on me because she knows that, like... It's not like I'm, like, a failure, you know? Like, it's th that'd be a different story. Of course, like, you know? Yeah, and so because of that, she was a lot more lax. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, exactly. And my dad said to me, he was like, he was like, as a kid, you know, he never thought about, you know, he always thought about ideas of what he would do with his children and stuff. But mm -hmm. eventually they changed. But as, as before he had me in, in his 20s, he always thought, you know, he was like, he never wanted to kind of influence me in, in a wrong way or kind of set too many rules because he kind of just wanted me to be free and that a lot of parents would be like that's not even as a kid and stuff uh -huh. but he has you know he's disciplined me i think in the correct ways to kind of make me be aware make me realize that you know i shouldn't take everything for granted and i should be humble and i should you know do this and do that and he realized that kind of you know like from what he thought when he was younger about what he wants to do as a parent you know got so wrapped up in just him actually being a parent and he had no idea what to do you know like most parents most first parents even now you know it's like me being a teenager me nearly being 17 now going into these different life stages 
he, mm-hmm. we both don't know what we're doing. You know, he's never had a 17 year old before. Right. Exactly. You know, and, and, and so it's like, luckily, hopefully the experience with me will help him with my two younger siblings. But even then they are two completely different people. Yeah. They'll be, they'll, be, they'll make totally different decisions and he'll probably come to me and be like, Buster, what the fuck is going on? You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Roscoe, my little brother, he's doing all this shit. Like, what? You never did all this. <laughs> and I was like, well, he's a different, you know, he's a different person. Yeah. And and I don't know, you know, maybe they, maybe my siblings won't be that bad of kids. You know, I, no, I don't think <laughs> it's really how we're raised. But at the same time, you know, everybody's different. And my dad kind of was like, look, I, I am your parent. Yes, I am your thing. But we have grown this connection as best friends. So it's, it's so difficult for me. I'm talking as in his perspective, you know, right. It's so difficult for me to, you know, kind of put these, you know, punishments on you. You know, I don't want to, he was like, he tried to make, he tried to make the conversation so easy so that like after it wouldn't be awkward or kind of wouldn't mm-hmm. because he hates that. He's like, I hate when, you know, you feel bad or sad because, you know, it's like a part of me. I feel sad. Right. And, it's so difficult for him and I, I you know I connected with that really in a in a good way that's so yeah that's good I mean yeah like that's kind of just like just adding on to what you were saying like yeah obviously your siblings are different and you know it sucks but your parents and I have two younger siblings too and my parents will probably be just more lax with their younger siblings because they've done it before you know Mm-hmm. And it is what it is, and it's just exactly it's just where the where the experiment. Mm, the guinea pig. Yeah, exactly. We're the guinea pig, and they've never, um, they've never like they just have never you know experienced this. This is, this is the first for them too, and we always think that our parents know everything, you know. But as I feel like now, this age, we're kind of starting to think like, oh shit, our parents. Our parents only know what they know because of their life experience. Exactly. You know, like, like, we're like, yeah, we don't know that either yet, but we will eventually as adults, you know, as we kind of go into that stage of our life, we'll figure out this stuff and we'll do this and we'll experience what they experience, especially if we have kids, you know, it's that mm-hmm. different kind of world. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I know I'm going to have kids. Like, it's kind of, if I don't have kids, I'll be very, I mean, I'm going to, if I don't, if I, you know, it's in, in the future, if I am not, if I, if I cannot produce, then I will adopt, but like. Right. Yeah. It, it's, I don't know. It's just going into now we're, mm-hmm. as a, at, at this age, I'm becoming a lot more aware, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's strange. It's really strange because I feel like I've become really spiritually aware with different things and kind of just aware of all these social dynamic, uh, social dynamics of kind of the social structure, you know, and the pressure and everything. No, yeah, that's that's good. I mean, that's important. Like, obviously, this is a very important time, and for in our lives, and for you, and just us, and everyone to just like really like take advantage of it, and you know, just really like like just learn more about yourself and how you know this sounds cliche i am on the cliche moments i mean yeah hey this is our (laughs) this is our cliche moments you know (laughs) but it's just like yeah i mean you you know like this is such an important time in our lives and for us to be able to like to sit here and for you to be able to be like yeah i'm realizing this like it's important that you're realizing that you're making these realizations you know like 
Mm-hmm. That's really important because a lot of people make realizations, but to realize that you're realizing these things is really important because that's how you can like take this new knowledge and use it and put it to work, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And like the fact like when you were like this is cliche, like I the reason I named this podcast our cliche moments is because people like even even if we talk about very very even if there's a whole episode we literally just talk about the every cliche thing in the world every cliche feeling everything people love to listen to that because they kind of they're kind of it reassures them they're kind of like okay yeah look i i i i know this already i know this too but it it's helpful to know that other people kind of feel this way yeah and people love what they can relate to and obviously the cliche moments are called the cliche moments because it's like I mean, like, a, it lot is what people, it is. a lot of people can relate to those, you know? Exactly. And when you can relate to something, especially at our age with each other, other people our age, you know, it's very reassuring. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. You're so it's very reassuring. reassuring. Yeah, that's exactly. why it's like, yeah, just being, people are like, oh, you're so relatable. Like, that's like, that's like a good thing in a way. It is a good thing because the thing is, if you're really, really different and everything, people will kind of be like, uh... It's hard for me to talk to you. <laughs> I don't know what to talk to you about. And then it's also really difficult for those people because they have a hard time finding people they connect with, you know? Yeah. So having cliche moments and having things that are relatable are life, you know? It's it's yeah. us. It's what we are. Yeah, exactly. Wow, look at, look, the, at, look at that. We just did a little full wraparound there. Like, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, that's why, that's why writing something that's already been done is good. It's good to have that, you know? Like being critical on yourself is amazing because you will have the chance to write something and do something for yourself that is different you will have that passion to do something different you'll have that passion to kind of you know make a make a change but also it'll be okay for you to incorporate things that have already been done because it'll be even better you know right yeah no 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 yeah exactly and and that now, look, now we're leaving here with like life advice, like got my perspective <laughs> on writing. Like I'm ready. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, like if it, like I, I don't want to stay up too late, but I gotta do some some something tonight. No, I, but yeah, you gotta write a novel. I gotta start. I gotta start my novel, the Buster Denman cliche moment. Yeah, you. Oh my god. Yeah, you need to start your novel. And yeah, I better get like a little shout out somewhere in that novel. Oh, like, definitely. Shout out to Eris who told me that I should write novels and not scripts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my script, my scripts have too many uh, details in them. So uh, yeah, that's got to got to move on to the novels. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's, um, that's your that's your thing. I want to know what you're gonna what are you gonna type? What's the title of this episode gonna be? Because I feel like we really just like hit a lot of points and did this nice little wraparound so i want to know i kind of want to know what it's well it's difficult because like i just finished editing up lila's episode and stuff and i don't even know what i'm gonna name that so mm-hmm. i it it's gonna be something good i don't know yet i'm gonna i have to think of it like ainsley ainsley was like you gotta name something you gotta name our, our, our episode something interesting like like she was like, I know you will, and I was like, Oh Jesus, that's pressure. Like I was like, Fuck. Well, I'm not gonna yeah. put that pressure on you. No, no, I Don't know, worry. but it's like, I, it's it's fun because it's fun, you know. It's like I like doing it because I like to, you know, make it make it interesting. But I don't know. I had a, I have actually I've thought about it a little bit over this episode, kind of like what I was gonna name. Really? I did yeah. too. TBH TBH five just said that. I like <laughs> that's, that's what I, I don't talk like that, but um. No, me too. I was like, hmm, this was a little... Oh, because I remember, like, the first one I listened to, 
the first one you did with Skylar, you like came up with the episode in the middle of the. Yeah. I mean the name, the title in the middle of the Same thing. with Bo and Alex and stuff. You know, it, yeah. the thing is sometimes it comes natural. But I I have an idea, but I kinda wanna surprise you. So Oh, okay. I'm excited then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm excited. Yeah. I, I, I have an idea, but I might speak a little bit, but yeah. But so as we're wrapping it up, did you uh, have you figured out what album you wanna wanna have on? I think so. I think I want you to do I think I want you to do Isolation by Kali Uchis. I Ooh. don't know how much of her you've listened to, but I think there's some songs that you'd like, Buster. I think there's some songs that are really up, you know, that are really up. Up my street. Up your street. <laughs> I've never heard that saying. That are really, <laughs> really? Yeah. It's No, isn't it like that are really down? Wow. I can't think. It's like there are definitely some songs that are really is it like down your oh, fuck? What is down it? your avenue? <laughs> no, nobody's like making these up. It's like I don't really up your lane. Up, oh, well, up your street is like a saying. No, I've never heard that. You've never heard up your street? Yeah. Like, hey, this book is really up your street. You love it. I don't. I think you made that up. I, I swear to God, no, no, I've, I've I heard people say you're, that. You saying up your street is me is what. I'm trying is the saying I'm trying to say like it's not up your street it's like up your lane okay no I mean I guess the same thing no you're right I guess you're right it's just it just sounds a little weird up your street up your street I just because like up your avenue that sounds even weirder well I think down your it's really it's really your style I'll just say that your style sounds a lot better okay your style okay sounds good yeah Yeah, we'll just it's your style your vibe Okay, cool. Yeah, just text me it so I don't. I won't forget, but just in cases, text me it, and uh, yeah, I'll. I'll. It's gonna sound. It's gonna sound as I say, super sweet. <laughs> oh, perfect! I love that little description. <laughs> yeah, super sweet. It's gonna sound nice, but um, yeah, I've. This has been an amazing podcast. You're, you're the first. You're the first person that to go over like an hour and hour and five minutes. So. Oh shit! Look at me. <laughs> yeah, you're. It's getting good. I'm. I'm, try, I'm trying to. I'm trying to do longer episodes, honestly, because if people don't want to listen, they don't want to listen. But I think it's it's good because I was listening to uh, Mark Marin, his mm-hmm. podcast, and I was listening to uh, his episode with Jim Carrey. He was kind of my, my role model, I suppose. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, there, he Mark Marin's podcast. His episodes always go like they're like an hour and thirty minutes, and I love that because it's kind of like you can stop and stuff, and then you're kind of like, yeah. oh shit, I already have, I still have like forty minutes left of this. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you can really, you can make it last. People can listen to us talk for so long. They can really make it their their daily thing. They can, not their daily thing. They can make it a day thing. Like they mm-hmm. can make it their Sunday only, well, activity. Exactly. Only the best people can listen to Buster Dem and Eris Garcia talk for an hour and twenty minutes. So. <laughs> Yeah, talk about talk about how we're basically making you a novelist now. Yeah, just talk about how we're basically awesome. <laughs> basically, so, you know, you said yeah. nothing's perfect, but I mean, basically, basically, but, basically, uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I fucking love talking to you, Ares. Yeah, me too. I really enjoyed that. I'm so happy I did that. Yeah, me. I'm. Thank you for texting me, seriously, because I'm always, I'm always in favor of having people on and. You know, and, you know, I'll, ha- I'll have anyone on, but there's specific, well, I don't want to say the specific people that I would, like, enjoy to have on, but there's a lot of people that I, you know, just know I'll, will vibe, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, definitely get that 100%. Yeah, totally. So, I'm I'm really happy we did this. But, and, well, we gotta, we gotta talk more, like, and, like, 
you know, everybody I've been doing this with, I've kind of, we've kind of connected, you know, in this kind of different way of kind of realizing that we're actually pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, this will be the, don't, don't worry, after this, we'll just be talking all the time now. I, I didn't forget about you, Buster. Don't oh, worry. well, I don't think anybody can forget about me. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no, ho- hopefully people forget about me. That's just... Yeah, damn. But uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I fucking we got we're we're doing another episode together another time. Yes, definitely. We I'll I'll be I'll be here for our, uh, the next time we do like we add another person. We really gotta change it up next time. Mm-hmm. Gotta have a uh, you and Zach Gavin on. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a really good episode. <laughs> That'll be fun. <sighs> yeah, I love that. All right, I'm so down. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, awesome. All right, awesome. Thanks, Buster. Uh, yeah, of course. All right, well, I love you, and I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Bye, audience. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>